This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. Our objective here on Food First Michigan is to change the conversation about food security in Michigan. And judging by the numbers, more people are listening to us and at least considering our conversation and how we are approaching this great mission of creating a food secure state. Along the way, we've picked up a few of you who are more than listeners. You are champions and you are coming alongside of us in unprecedented ways. I'm thankful and excited. Some of you are choosing to give us a listen, and have you said to us, I don't know if I'm quite where you and Jerry are at on the show, but I know I'm not for anyone being hungry. That's good, and we'll take it. We can start from there. I don't know personally anyone who wants to see anyone else go hungry. Some of you are upholding us and our dream of a food-secure state. Recently, I was speaking and a person took exception to one point I made in my speech and came to talk to me about it. She was adamant that my point was not legitimate. Before I could respond, several people around me spoke up and began to argue with her. I never had to say a word in defense of myself. There were others defending me and this great idea. There are many of you who are backing our work financially and volunteering. We thank you. Well, champions are made, not just born. And just like heroes and leaders, I am thankful we have people who are willing to give of their life, wisdom, energy, and resources so we can solve hunger in Michigan. Recently at the Michigan Harvest Gathering, our network celebrated several of those champions, and today on this edition of Food First Michigan, we are going to introduce you to some of them. They are from all over the state, so come back and be with Jerry Brisson and me and prepare to be inspired by your fellow Michiganders, and we'll introduce you to some of our champions from across our network. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back, everyone. It's Food for Thought here on WJR. Thanks for listening. Jerry Brisson is in the studio with me, and on the phone is our good friend, Brian Peters, the CEO for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. And Brian, welcome to Food for Thought. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. You know, who knows where this conversation will actually go, but we're supposed to start out at least with uh, the partnership between the Michigan Health and Hospital Association and uh, the Michigan Harvest Gathering that is going to kick off here really soon and go through November 8th. And uh, the Michigan Health and Hospital Association is the title sponsor for this event. And uh, Brian, we can't thank you enough for uh, the compassion and uh, the investment that you make in this uh, harvest gathering. 
It's absolutely our pleasure. You know, the Michigan Health and Hospital Association uh, has been engaged with the Michigan Harvest Gathering campaign for 20 years now, and we're so proud to be a partner and uh, a leader of this effort. It's really a perfect fit with our mission statement, which is to advance the health of individuals and communities. Really a a perfect way uh, for us to live that mission. Well, that's exactly right. We're so appreciative. And, you know, we have a great event out at the uh, Country Club of Lansing, uh, a celebration luncheon for uh, all the funds and food that's raised to help folks all across Michigan who are struggling with food insecurity and the toxic stress that comes along with that. But I just think it's great that 20 out of 27 years, uh, Michigan Health and Hospital Association has been at the forefront of this event to have statewide impact. And, you know, it's just a great partnership for sure. Well, we've been able to raise uh, over 3.5 million pounds of food uh, during that time and almost $3 million in funding uh, just through our efforts at the uh, Michigan Health and Hospital Association. So proud to be a, a contributor to the broader effort. I know that uh, our member hospitals throughout the state of Michigan, whether they're in small rural communities, whether they're in a larger city like Detroit, uh, they are all very aware of the issue related to food insecurity and how important that is to improving population health. I also have to tell you that our staff here at the MHA uh, is very excited year after year. This is part of our uh, fall uh, campaign. Uh, we have, uh, at the staff level alone, uh, contributed uh, over $25,000 just over the last three years uh, in terms of our contribution. So just uh, thrilled to do it. And, you know, one of the other exciting things uh, at the Food Bank Council in Michigan is we're in the process of creating what we're calling the blueprint to end hunger in Michigan. It's really um, changing the whole conversation about many aspects of food security, but one of them is, you know, who really wins when this problem is solved? And we've had so many productive conversations with healthcare professionals across the state on, you know, the the social determinants of health and why it's so important for the community to solve this problem of food insecurity. Without question. And MHA has been, uh, frankly, a leader across the country in terms of Uh, this sort of activity in terms of the uh, food insecurity issue and the social determinants of health. In fact, uh, going back to 2010, uh, we were one of the first state hospital associations to launch a Healthy Food Hospitals campaign, which was aimed at uh, encouraging farmers markets at local hospitals, eliminating industrial trans fats from our hospital food service programs, and really raising the uh, awareness level among the general public that there are people struggling with food insecurity. We need to do everything we possibly can uh, to help those folks uh, who are our friends and neighbors. And that's really the only way for us to advance the population health status here in Michigan. And there's a there's a uh, so many elements to this. Like one of the things that comes up over and over in our conversations is how many prescriptions say take with food. And it's a huge number, right? Not not just because, you know, it might upset your stomach if, if you don't take it with food, but because the medicine actually needs food to be carried to the place in your body where it needs to have an impact, right? So if you know the medication you're prescribing says take with food and the person doesn't have food, obviously there's a really big opportunity. There's a little disconnect there, right? 
<laughs> no question about that. And really, uh, to put a, a very fine point on that, uh, if we understand that over 20% of Michigan children don't know where their next meal is going to come from, everything you just said about the importance of food uh, with those important medications, uh, it's just compounded when you look at that particular segment of our population. These are kids who are in the developmental stage of their life, and the long-term health consequences uh, are incredibly uh, impactful. And we imagine that if we start to solve for hunger, right, if we really say, okay, what are the pieces to put in place so we can actually solve this, that part of our challenge is to say, well, let's figure out where do the long-term investments need to come from, right? How, who's going to pay for this? And we know we can't get there without connecting these dots and saying, look, if we want to solve these these issues within the healthcare system, we have to understand the impact of solving them. If if that carries over into education and kids in school, so do do medications and food and performance in school connect? Of course they connect. All of these problems connect to each other, and that's why the comprehensive work that you're doing and others are doing around these social determinants of health are so important. They connect those dots so that we can drive the the conversation to we're solving food insecurity, but that creates a household impact and a community impact that's critical. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, as we look at the uh, the changing environment, I would tell you that our hospitals throughout the state of Michigan increasingly are viewing their local food banks as key strategic partners. It's really uh, a new dynamic that I think is a, a positive development. One of the ways that we're trying to encourage that is our uh, role with the Root Cause Coalition. This is a new national organization that was co-founded by uh, one of our member health systems, uh, ProMedica Health. And it's really a way to, again, raise the profile, not just in Michigan, but across the entire country, and to, to compare and, uh, and contrast what's working, what's not working, in other words, to engage in shared learning on this very complex subject. And you know, I, I'd also point to a, a really interesting development that we're starting to see hospitals utilizing uh, some of their real estate to develop their own farms where they can grow food uh, right there on the, uh, the hospital campus, which they can serve not only in the hospital food service program, but also use that uh, food in the community as well, donate that to local food banks. Uh, St. Joseph Mercy uh, Health System in Ann Arbor was one of the very first uh, hospitals in the entire nation to do exactly that. So I think there's a lot of exciting uh, developments in this space. Well, Brian, we've had Barbara Petey, the executive director for the Root Calls Coalition, here on the show uh, just a few weeks ago. And uh, I'll be attending the conference in Louisville coming up uh, next month in October. So, and, you know, we've, you know, that's what reminds me. We've got to have the folks from St. Joe who are doing the farming at the hospital. We've got to have them on the show, too, Jerry. Yeah, they're great people over there. And we, we serve Livingston County. It's just next door there. Uh, and uh, we've done a lot with St. Joseph Mercy to talk about this issue and think about how to meet people where they are. One of the challenges in all of this is is not giving the people who are suffering from food insecurity more places to have to be and more paperwork to fill out. And so how do we meet people where they are? And we know we we can meet them at these hospitals that care so much. Well, Brian, you as the CEO for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association, 20 years you guys have been partnering with the Food Bank Council in our Michigan Harvest Gathering campaign. 
3.5 million pounds of food, three over $3 million worth of funding. And uh, that's somewhere uh, around three and a half million meals that you provided uh, for adults and a little more than that, even when we consider the children's meals. So, you know, you guys are um, not just talking to talk, brother. You're walking the walk, and we appreciate your partnership, your friendship, and let's keep it going. You can count on it. It's a great partnership, and uh, as I like to say, we're all in this together. I don't think any single individual or single organization can solve a, a problem this daunting on their own, but if we work together in collaboration, we can make an incredible uh, difference in this state. We believe it, and we're ready. Thanks, Brian. Brian Peters, the CEO for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. Brian, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. Jerry and I will be right back in just a few moments to introduce you to more of our champions right here on Food First Michigan. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. We're back, everyone. Thanks for listening. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here in the WJR studio. And Jerry, I mean, okay, so that's Brian Peters, a champion for this work from a very um, prestigious position as the CEO for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. And they've been coming alongside of us for decades. Yeah, since the very beginning of the Michigan Harvest Gathering, no question about it. Right. So lots of food, lots of funds from there. But, you know, the food banks have the opportunity to celebrate someone in their network that's been a champion. And I think you've got a list over there. Well, and, you know, all I want to do is just touch on the people that were honored, where they come from, and and something that they did that was recognized at the Michigan Harvest Gathering. Because why have these events because it just gets you pumped. I right. mean, there are so many different people involved in this work and willing, as you say, doctor, to spend some of their handful of life right. investing in something besides themselves, right? right? It's it's an amazing thing to see. It's very exciting. And I want to give you a shout out too, doctor. You did a fine job in your remarks, keeping us all focused on what's important, including goat hairs, which we can probably <laughs> cover after we get to this list, but it's pretty funny. So how about that for a yeah. All right. That sounds good. So, 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 who are the champions that we celebrated in 2019? So, I'm not naming names. I'm naming things they've done. Right. Okay. So, we had a Democratic representatives who was working on tax credits for the food banks to help us raise the funds and awareness around this important issue. We had a Republican senator working specifically on helping us in the UP. It's rural. It's Hmm. very challenged from a logistics perspective. It's a little more expensive. And who really put his name on the line to say, we need to get some money there while we're trying to solve this difficult problem. Hugely important. We had a farmer whose motivation was recyclable waste and making sure food is not going to waste that and just left in the field after all the resources have been spent to grow it, sometimes harvest it. Let's make sure we catch capture that waste and turn it into food for hungry people. We had a 
a person who has a whole new way of distributing food <laughs> to the community, various different uh, creative ideas about how to reach people we've never reached before, really working on what we call the last mile, where the right. rubber meets the road, right? We had a funder who's been with one of our food banks for a long time and assuring that their innovative ideas are funded every year. We had another service provider who works across a broad spectrum of issues. They're really multidisciplinary, who's convinced that you cannot help people solve their life's problems if you don't include food first. We had an event organizer who has spent years just getting the word out with a certain group of people to help the food bank, and that event has grown and grown and grown every year. We've had a Fox 2 media person who's behind the scenes, not a a person in front of the camera, but behind the camera who makes sure this issue gets highlighted in powerful ways every year, particularly here in Southeast Michigan. We had an educator, a super superintendent of schools who is so convinced that you must have food secure households in order to have food secure children that she is raising the bar for who for her school district now you put all that together all those different ways that people can and do participate to have food first michigan right and how can you be anything but blown away i mean it's so inspiring and encouraging for those of us in the trenches every day to see that to feel the weight of it and to go this is how this problem can and will be solved well and to add to your list we had this uh this person that's been on the show for, with us before our Secretary of State, and I know you didn't name any names, but I, can't, I, I don't have a choice here. Jocelyn Benson was at the Michigan Harvest Gathering and uh, reported out that she had opened all 131 uh, Secretary of State's offices for this statewide food and funds drive. And her team has already reached back out to our team at the Food Bank Council, Jerry, to say, all right, how do we do this next year? And how do we do it bigger? And how do we do it better? And maybe we should uh, maybe we should challenge Ohio to see if our Secretary of State offices can raise more money than this and funds and food than the Secretary of State's office in the state just to the south of us here. Yeah, and of course, you know that kind of energy, right, is necessary when you're building a movement to make a significant change. And again, we believe that the return on investment for food first is so significant. It is so much cheaper to feed people than it is to solve the problems that are created when you don't. Right. Getting smart people like our Secretary of State and like all these champions that were were part of our uh, Michigan Harvest Gathering, it is the answer. They're going to have ideas that we don't have. They're going to bring resources that we don't have. They're going to be able to invest in this in ways we've never imagined. And that's how difficult problems get solved. If we keep doing the same thing, we're going to get the same results. Right. I think that is the the definition of insanity. Uh, now, this group that does this whole work of food security, y- y'all are all a little crazy. Well, there is some truth to that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you're insane. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's a fine line. But I think what's so inspiring is that, you know, three years ago for you and I, we started the show, then Food for Thought, now Food First Michigan. And um, and so we wanted to change the conversation about food insecurity across the state, and that's what I talked about in the monologue. But this time, when we changed the name of the show, and we said that we really wanted not only change the conversation, we also wanted to build a movement. Right. 
And the people that you, and we're going to unpack these folks for our listeners here and, and tell a little bit more details about them in the coming segments, but it's really representative that we're not doing this work alone. Right. It is a movement. And it's important to let everyone in the movement know they're in it. So, <laughs> so because otherwise it's not really anything, right? And so you listening now, you are in it. Right. You are in this movement and part of some powerful change and some important in improvements to how we're going to manage our safety net and how we're going to do it better and get the benefit of food secure children, food secure seniors, food secure veterans, you know, food secure hospital patients, and, 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 right? right. We're going to get the benefits of all that food security by being part of this. So it probably is worth saying thank you again to yeah. all of you listening um, and who keep listening and, and, trying to find a way for you to get engaged. And, and hopefully some of the people that we'll be talking about will give you more ideas about what more you could do. Well, let's unpack just a, very quickly here the two uh, state legislators, Representative Angela Whitwer, who's been on the show before, and who is uh, sponsored a bill in the House uh, that would uh, restore tax credits to food banks. So if you, if I mean, is, we're not talking about like a, a bazillion dollars here. We're just talking about that if you made a, a $400 contribution to the uh, food bank, then you would get be able to credit half of that onto your state taxes. And so, you know, what that really, what we found across the network and why that's so important, Jerry, and you forgot more about this than I know, is you're really talking about entry-level donors here. Yeah. And it's another way I know you talk about that people don't give to food banks and food insecurity just because of a tax credit or a tax write-off. They give it because they care about their hungry neighbors. But it's not a bad incentive, and I'm glad that Angela Whitwer, Representative Whitwer, is sponsoring this bill. Well, we get—I mean, it literally is thousands and thousands of donors every year for every food bank in the network that support this work. And so when we can say to those donors, hey— if you can consider giving a little bit more, you're going to get some of that back. And so maybe we can increase the the amount of money we get by 10, 20, 30 percent. Right. And that's not going to solve the problem, but it's going to help. Right. It's going to be part. And, and already a dollar gets on average in our network something like four or five meals average, right? Right. That's average, average. in the network. So when you say uh, if you give $100, I mean, you're already getting four or 500 meals, and then you get $50 back? Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of incentives that are going to encourage people to really get involved and stay involved. Right. Well, you know, time, talent, and treasure, uh, they all come with, you know, right behind one another. Right. So... So let's come back and talk about some of the other champions that we celebrated at the Michigan Harvest Gathering. And he's Jerry Basson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're back here in just a couple of minutes. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight. We're talking about champions of the movement here, the Food Secure State movement. You hear about it every week here on Food First Michigan. Thanks for listening, everyone. 
Jerry, um, we talked about Angela Whitwer, Representative Whitwer. We also, just very quickly, uh, Senator Wayne Schmidt from up around the Traverse City area. But a lot of his, uh, his district is also included in the Upper Peninsula. And you're right, when you talked about him earlier in the uh, segment, that he really did step right up and say, this is a no-brainer, we've got to come alongside our hungry neighbors, and we're going to do that. And something else about Senator Schmidt, too, is, you know, we published a self-sufficiency standard, and as soon as we did that, we delivered it to all of the legislators in Lansing, and uh, he read it, took the test, you know, the budget test with it, and uh, looked specifically for his counties that he represents, and he saw you and I up at the uh, policy conference, walked right by us, grabbed us by the arm, and said, oh my gosh, Phil, we are, you are exactly right. We're dropping people off the financial cliff, and where our work supports are not supporting work. And I'm thought, wow, you know, it's like, I'm like, that's an aha moment if there ever has been one. I'm sure you must have a leadership saying that goes with that story. There has to be one, Phil. Seeing farther first, better and beyond, I know there's got to be one. Yeah, so leaders always see two to three years ahead of everybody else. And if you're not doing that, you're not the leader. But what leaders really do is see better, beyond, and before anyone else. So nice to have Senator Schmidt taking that information and starting to put two and two together and really turn that into leadership. Right, right. right. Influencing policy. But, you know, so these are two elected leaders. And then, of course, Brian Peters, the CEO for Michigan Health and Hospital Association. But, you know, what I love about the food banks and the awards that they give through the Michigan Harvest Gathering, these Beacon of Light Awards is what we call them. A lot of these folks are boots on the ground, man. They are really getting the work done. And and you you talked about a farmer who got really concerned, Jimmy Chalmers, Jimmy Chalmers, I think is his name, and from over on the west side. And he is was really upset about food waste. He was. And what makes me smile about Jimmy is he found out where we were having the lunch, and he's like, ah. I don't need to go there. And so, it, you know, this is a guy who spends all day in the field. Right. right? He doesn't want to take time out of our day or his day to do anything superfluous, right? Yeah. If it ain't important, I ain't doing it. Right. But you know what? Uh, how important is it to have people who understand where food comes from and what's happening to it from farm to table, right? right? That whole, and here's a guy who's on the farm every day going, look, this is what I'm going to do. And I don't need anything except to do it. Right. What an inspiration. And yeah. it was great to hear his story and how he's bringing thousands, tens of thousands of pounds of food out of the field and onto the plates of hungry neighbors. Right. And stopping it from going into the landfill. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a great point here in the show to just say, you know, we, we, we've said because of our partnership with the Michigan Farm Bureau, the Farm Bureau family of companies, and now particularly in the last few years, the Agents Charitable Fund. And uh, they really, Merrick Mor- uh, Maris has been on the show with us, uh, Carl Bonarski, the president, Scott Piggott, the CEO at Michigan Farm Bureau. These are guys that they had a whole table there and they have come alongside of us in a extraordinary ways because we all say that solving hunger starts in the field. Well, and who knows more about that than the Michigan Farm Bureau? 
I mean, that's that's what they understand. And their members, whether it's on the insurance side or whether it's on the state association, side. all of that has to do with understanding what's happening in the lives of farmers. And this year was a particularly challenging year. Huh. So we were in touch with them a lot because we wanted to know not just how could farmers help us. But what should we be doing to help them at a really difficult time? And and that, uh, and that time still continues. It's still a lot of farmers struggling with, with uh, not only just what's in the field and and equipment and harvest and yield and all that, but also struggling emotionally. Yeah. And Farm Bureau has really come alongside of them. We want to come alongside of Farm Bureau, and as you said, you know, hug a farmer. Uh, thank them for their service because all of us would be in trouble without them. Well, that's exactly right. And so it's, but that's how partnerships work, right? We yeah. learn as well as uh, help people learn. And so, you know, Farm Beer was certainly that kind of a partner for us. Hey, what about this guy um, up in uh, the kind of up in the thumb and around Saginaw that's working with the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan? Kara Ross being the CEO there. Uh, Stuart Wilson, who's really innovative about how he distributes food, and Let's a lot say, of it. His 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 uh, effort last year was called Operation Polar Drop. If that doesn't give you some idea <laughs> of a guy that's thinking outside the box, right. but but of course uh, it provided seven semi trucks filled with food to distribute to people in seven eastern Michigan cities that otherwise don't have enough distribution. And I think that was especially during the holidays, if I remember right. Yeah, and well, so. I really like the name of the, the event he had the year before last, the Zippity Doodah Day event. <laughs> now, oh, and then they just they did like I don't know two or three truckloads of food, but this year he went over and beyond and did the Polar Drop, and uh, and not only just gave food and distributed food, he gave hot food, prepared meal, uh, food that folks could take home, and anybody who needed any warm clothing from child to adult. We're able to get that as well. But I do want to remark briefly about dignity. Yeah. Because when people think about how to serve the community and make it fun and interesting and not shameful and really welcome people uh, wherever they are in their life, and the major message is... This is for you. The right. value that that demonstrates is so important to people in the community, many of whom are doing everything they can on their own, and they just can't quite make it work. So it, I, I just want to say yep. that attitude means so much to this movement. Well, it's a value we have among all of our food banks and at the council that we, we don't think food security can or should be created across the state except through dignified means. Right. It's got to be giving folks a, a hand up, uh, not just a hand out, but it's got to be, we got to be adding, we got to be adding blessings, not adding burdens to their load. That's exactly right. So then, you know, um, we went right on through, and I think this speaks for every food bank in, uh, in the state. And Eileen Spring down at Food Gatherers highlighted their partnership with the United Way of Washtenaw County. And I think 
again, I think every food bank has that great partnership with United Way. Well, and has for a long time. And, uh, you know, there's so many great things that can be said about the United Way. I will give a shout out to the United Way in many of our counties that was really active during the recent auto strike right. and really helping us with uh, relationships uh, across the board at different levels of uh, the UAW, but beyond the UAW to the many workers that were affected by that. And so um, the United Ways across the state of Michigan do play a role like that with us. They know a lot of people, many of them we know, some of them we don't, but right. it's not just about the funding, it's about the relationships and the strength that oh, comes yeah. from relationships. Again, partnership. Yep. And this is a movement here, it's just right. not... So very quickly, we've got about two or three more to cover here. Um, Kirk Mays over at Forgotten Harvest, they picked Matrix Human Services, because evidently they just sent a ton of volunteers. Oh, man. You know, and they have, they're a big organization that does a lot of work. I call them multidisciplinary because they really are everything from head start to job training. And they recognize you can't get it all done unless you're taking food security out of the picture. Michelle Lance, the new CEO at the Greater Lansing Food Bank, picked a woman who has started a fundraiser that grew from 100000 to a half a million a year, and that's Mimi Heberlein. Well, and how important is that? Well, they're trying to build a new building and yeah. everything else, too. So really, really good work going on over there in Lansing. Well, tell us very quickly about Katie Fair. Katie Fair is the nicest person you're ever going to meet in your life. She's the community relations person for Fox here in the Detroit area, and uh, and she has helped us refine and create our entire media presence on on TV here, um, which has helped us generate literally millions of dollars. She's done a phenomenal job, but more importantly, nobody cares more than Katie. She's amazing. Yeah. So lastly, Peter Vogel down at the South Michigan Food Bank uh, talked about a little community called White Pigeon, Michigan. I had to look it up. <laughs> and I, you know, and if they didn't have that caution light blinking, I think I would have missed it for sure. <laughs> but that community comes together, and I think it's very indicative of the work all across the state where people are coming alongside of their hungry neighbors, and there's no shame, there's just help. And uh, this community is doing it. And he highlighted a person there, uh, Carrie Erdlison. And she's, uh, she's kind of leading that work in White Pigeon, Michigan. Big cities, small towns, and everything in between. There's food insecurity. We need to be there. We need to be effective. And we need to care. Hey, Jerry, let's uh, wrap this show up in the next segment and, uh, and uh, talk about the champions that are really making us champions in this work. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. Thanks for listening. And uh, this is our last segment for this show, and I've really enjoyed it because we really got to really highlight people both on the grassroots and in uh, positions and places of influence that are coming alongside of us, the, the leaders, the seven food banks in the state and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, and uh, this mission that we have to intervene, right, in people's lives and, uh, and do so in a way that, that is uplifting and powerful. It's feeling like a movement, Doctor. It's I, feeling like a movement. I think so. I think so, Jerry. Uh, last two folks I wanted to mention um, that were at the event uh, of, and had a significant role in it was both Bill and Cynthia Schutte because they started the Michigan Harvest Gathering 
28 years ago. This was our 29th year, and um, and we, we named an award after them because of that history and the, uh, the, the, the gift of life to this event that has provided so much food and funds for our work. No question about it. So I guess it's time for a little food for thought. And Dr. Phil has promised the goat hair story. I shared with you before that I worked in East Africa, and I was invited when I was there to speak at a school opening out in the Maasai Mara. I jumped in my Land Rover and took off and went as far as the road could take me, and the road ended, and I wasn't still there, so I had to get my motorcycle out, put on my coveralls over my suit, and off I go across uh, the landscape there, the Mara, until I arrived at the school, and I got there about 10 o'clock, thinking that the event was going to start at 10, and of course, the next people who showed up didn't get there until about 11.15. We started the dedication of the new school. We had to stop and start over because people came that, that were spoke different languages, and we were having to translate into about five or six languages, and I'm trying to speak in Swahili, and they're interpreting into other languages, and so finally, the event ended around 3.30 that afternoon, and I can tell you I was hungry very hungry. And so I wanted to know how far it was to the meal. And so I asked, can we see the house where the meal is at? They said, yes, it's this house. It's right over here. The next thing I wanted to know was the meal ready because I was really hungry. So I asked the most culturally appropriate question there is, which is, is the main dish still walking around? And I said, no, no, the uh, the meal has been prepared. It's ready to eat. Let's go. And so we did. And we arrived at the home and met the folks who were hosting us. And it was a great time. And uh, the lady of the house had the responsibility and the privilege to say the blessing over the meal. Thank God for the food. When you think about that, most people in this situation eat uh, what's called ugali, which is just really cornmeal paste. That's it. That's what they eat. That's the staple food. But today we had rice, we had potatoes, and we had meat. It's like Christmas and Easter, Jerry. That's the only time that they would ever do this. So uh, she said the prayer, and I was looking at my food. I did not close my eyes during the prayer. I was bad about that. She said amen. I looked at my national friend, and I said, um, do you think this meat that's in the bowl here is... Um, is goat meat? And he said, why, yes, it is. But how do you know? We've not yet tasted. And I said, oh, I can tell that uh, this is goat meat because of the black and white two-tone hairs that are still sticking out of my meat. And I noticed that goat walking around earlier in the day. So I ate every bite because they gave me their best. And Jerry, honestly, I don't know how any of us doing this work and are in this movement can do anything less than give people our best. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, it really is food first, folks. Food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.